Welcome to Short Stories, a new Brisbane Writers Group podcast and community radio series produced in Brisbane, Australia, showcasing a selection of short stories written and read as an audiobook by a group of talented writers from this city. In this episode, we feature the literary work of Bill Pine, an experienced published author. Hi, this is Bill Pine, and I've been writing books and short stories for about the last 30 years. My working life has embraced school teaching and as a probation and parole officer. I've worked with people from all walks of life and circumstances, so I have a wide range of experiences to draw on. Mostly I like writing period pieces, but I don't have a favourite genre, though the psychology of crime features prominently in my work. This story is called Call Waiting. It's my take on the old German story of the pact between Dr Faustus and the devil. The week had started well for Archie, His salary had gone up another point as from the last payday. Another two pay points, and if he played his cards right, he might still reach the coveted 27th floor before he retired. Furthermore, the shares he had bought for a song only three months previously had made a sudden jump. He looked out of his office window. Far below him, cars and buses were bottled up at the intersection and on the scramble in front of the coffee club, four ant lines of humanity crisscrossed, all trying to avoid colliding with each other. It was a sunny day. There were a few distant thunderclouds looming over the hills to the west, but taking it by and large, things were not too bad. There's a call on line one, a Mr Atkinson from Verne and Company returning your call. The nasal voice on the intercom was Stephanie's, the new girl out in reception. All the blokes lusted after Stephanie, and Stephanie knew it. Archie even fancied himself for a Thai takeaway and a bit of rough stuff some Friday night. And there's a Mr Steadman waiting on line two, she went on. Suddenly a small cloud seemed to hide the sun. Archie took another glance out of the window. Nothing down below had changed. People, cars, still battling it out. He shivered slightly. Someone walking over my grave, his mum used to say. Better speak to the stockbroker before taking Stedman's call. Put Mr Atkinson through, he said. I know what Mr Stedman wants, just tell him I'll meet him as arranged, around eleven. It's hardly a matter of life and death, he added with a bitter smile. All through the call from his broker and in the hour that led up to morning tea time, Archie couldn't keep his mind off his imminent meeting with Stedman. Stedman. What a chance meeting that had been in the first place. Archie had been down on his luck. Veronica had left him and gone off with the mower man, half her age, Archie never suspected a thing until he left his mobile at home one morning and had gone back for it. The divorce settlement left him fed up and in comparative poverty. Thank heavens he'd been able to hang on to his job. 
not that it had been a particularly satisfying one, and although it had paid well at the start of his career, the PO wage scale was a very slow one to climb. The house in Windsor had to be sold. Two-thirds of it had financed Veronica's flit to the Whitsundays, where she and her lover opened a tropical gardening business. Well, the cyclone certainly flattened out that little loveness, he thought smugly. To improve his finances a little more quickly, for he was now in a position to access some useful insider trading, if he could only come up with the dollars, Archie had turned to betting on the horses. Carl, in information technology, had made a lot of money from them and gave Archie some tips to get him started. But Carl's money was made through a sterile computer program in his unit at New Farm. Carl had never set foot on a race course as far as Archie knew, and he resolved to be different. It had been towards the end of the previous year that Archie had gone to Bundamba races one Saturday. He thought he'd read the card well, but for some reason, horse after horse that he fancied had fallen by the wayside. Archie's kitty, like his bank balance, not to mention his love life, was severely in need of some topping up. To bolster his flagging spirits, Archie had been drinking beer all morning at the race course, something he never usually did. As he elbowed his way through the crowd of punters to make his fifth visit to the gents, he came up hard against a tall individual who'd seemingly materialised from nowhere and who was blocking his path. He dodged around the man, got to the gents in the nick of time, and when he came out, the same man was standing against a railing in the shade of an umbrella tree. He gave Archie a slight wave of the hand. Not wishing to offend in case it was someone whom he ought to have remembered but obviously didn't, Archie went over. Good day, the man said, holding out his hand. Stedman's the name. You must be Fitzgibbon. Sorry, Archie said. Do we know? No, not directly, Stedman had answered, but we know a lot of people in common. That had been the banal start of it all. From the instant Archie met Stedman, his fortunes took a spectacular turn for the better. In addition, Stedman was a most congenial companion, and although Archie might have stopped occasionally to explore Stedman's motives for attaching himself to him, he never did. On the contrary, he revelled in Stedman's company. Stedman knew everybody, could get seats in the best restaurants and clubs, came up with the best investment opportunities. Before long, the two men were inseparable. It was three months into their friendship before Stedman came up with his proposal. It hadn't seemed too outrageous to Archie at the time. After all, it was such a ludicrous proposal that Archie thought, well, what the hell? And the two men shook hands on the deal. From then on, Archie seemed to blossom. He took six months long service leave and, with his newfound associate, he made the overseas visits that he'd always planned to do with Veronica years ago, before she had discovered the hidden joys of gardening. London, Rio, Las Vegas, Monte Carlo, 
Macau, Japan, Archie became familiar with them all. Gambling? No limit. Girls, take your pick. Fine dining, only the very best. All oiled nicely by some of the best marijuana Archie had ever smoked. It was on the last leg of their tour that Archie first felt the need to slow down a bit. He had woken up early one morning in a millionaire's resort, one of those fabulous new ones in Southeast Asia, heaven knows which one, for by now Archie had virtually lost track of which country he was in at any given time. On this occasion, however, he knew he felt seedy. There were grabbing pains in his chest and he had a thick head and dizziness. The thick head and the dizziness were nothing new. Too much of everything, no doubt. But the pains worried him. After a while they eased, but he told Stedman that all in all it was a bit of a wake-up call and that perhaps he ought to go home and take it easier even see a specialist. Brisbane and office life seemed unutterably dull after the time he'd spent with Stedman on their version of Round the World in 80 Days. Never mind, he mused, I can't lead a life entirely devoted to luxury. Well, I could, I suppose, with Stedman's ongoing help. But Stedman seemed to have faded from the scene and in any case, Archie felt he needed a bit of a breather. Now, Stedman had called. Archie knew what it was about. The agreement. 10.25. Archie did up his collar and tie, slipped on his suit coat and went through to reception. I'm uh, off to a meeting, Stephanie, he said on his way out. I might be gone a little while. The taxi dropped him off at Mount Gravatt Cemetery where he had arranged to meet Stedman. He spotted him leaning against one of the umbrella trees. Well, I hadn't expected you to contact me so soon, Archie said. I guess it's time then. Well, you can't put it off forever, you know, Stedman answered with a thin smile on his bloodless lips. Actually, there's a few final things I'd like to do first, if that's okay with you, Archie tried to postpone the inevitable. Stedman shook his head sadly. That's what they all say, he replied. Come on now, one last trip, just as we agreed. Here, take hold of my hand. The last view Archie had of the city was from high in the clouds. The river snaked its way through the city like a silvery thread. The hills flattened out and the suburbs became a blur. Higher and higher they went, further than any plane had ever flown, till they coalesced as a tiny black spot and vanished into the immensity of the universe. That plant you set up where poor Mr Fitzgibbon's desk used to be, said Marcia to the tea lady some time later, it's doing really well. Yes, Stephanie replied, someone sent it from Parks and Gardens. It's an umbrella tree. This has been a short story written and read by Bill Pine for the Brisbane Writers Group podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening to this new podcast called Short Stories from a group of talented Brisbane writers. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss a story or the next episode. 
Search for more short stories on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. For more information on our writers, head to our website, brisbanewritersgrouppodcast.com.au and click on the Writers Contact page. Short Stories from the Brisbane Writers Group Podcast is a Brisbane Podcasting Centre production supported by Brisbane City Council, the Queensland Government and the Community Radio Network. Thanks for listening.